Rio Rancho Radio 92.9 We are brought to you this morning by United Plumbing and Heating, TJ's Evergreen Herbal Market, and Pam Harris's Peak Quail Realty, all Rio Rancho businesses, and it is time to find out what's going on in the City of Vision with our Mayor, Greg Holt. Good morning, Mayor Holt. Good morning, Derek, and good morning, everybody out there. Thanks for joining us on a Sunday morning once again, and I want to remind everybody, uh, if you don't have time to hear the whole show today, go out and listen to the podcast later, and uh, we did the big State of the City kind of wrap up last week because you know we released all that information and that podcast is up at Greg Hull, Maribria Rancho podcast on Spotify. Seems so you, to be quite popular. It is. It's getting a lot of hits. It's getting a lot of listens. We so. can look at that. So then don't worry, folks. It doesn't tell me who you are. Right. It just says how many people looked at it. Correct. And so it's getting a lot of listens out there. So go out and listen to it and share it on your social media because it really has a lot of information. We covered a lot of ground last week with the uh, release of the State of the City. And as I mentioned last week, it is by charter and ordinance that I have to release that to the city council and to the citizens once a year. And it just kind of gives you an update. And I'm very proud of the fact that based on where we were in 2014, when I took office to where we are today, the city is just leaps and bounds forward. And being a 40-year-old city and seeing us accomplishing some of the things that we're getting done right now. And that's a relatively new for New Mexico to be only 40 years old. That's Very really not city. that old. Yeah. Very young city. And the fact that we're the third largest city in the state and our population just continues to grow, being ranked nationally as one of the most livable cities in the United States, and then even more ranked nationally also as being in the top cities in the Southwest to live in. So yeah. even kind of drilling down to that more localized region. That's very exciting because I remember when I took office, Derek, we were probably one of the worst cities in the state to do business in as far as opening a small business. Yes, I experienced that. And then it wasn't but just about two years later that we were recognized as a best city in the country to open a small business in. Look, I take a little bit of credit in there because I used to be a small business person. And honestly, one of the things that drove me to run for mayor was the fact that my daughter had tried to get a business license up here in Rio Rancho, and it was a very difficult process. And I looked at that and I thought, there's got to be a better way to attract business into the community and, and grow business. And we've got a lot of home businesses that operate here and companies are investing in us left and right. And it's because of a lot of those home businesses that you see the demand for the better Internet services. And now, after a long wait and many phone conversations, you know, we have Comcast that's making an investment in the community. And they just had my front yard dug up the other day. <laughs> so putting in all the infrastructure, I don't know when they're going to turn it all on yet. I still don't have those dates. But that being said, they're laying that in. And of course, we have Vexus, which is going to run fiber optic to every house, which is uh, pretty impressive as well. So you're going to have a lot of Internet choices. And we did a big thing with the chamber on this right. not too long ago. But you just think about the leaps and bounds and the things that are happening. And it's those home offices, those home businesses that need that really high speed, high quality connectivity that helps them run their businesses from their homes. Yeah. As an entrepreneur myself, a guy that's opened a business and actually signed the front of paychecks. So, yes. you know, there's a difference. Well, and when COVID was going on and I got it, I did a lot of the work from home right. through the internet so that I wouldn't get people here sick. Right. 
And so I, I have the capability. It takes longer, but I can run the radio station from my house or a laptop in my car. I've done yeah. that too. And nowadays, <laughs> you just have these remote capabilities. Yeah. So connectivity is so critical. When I'm not at a place where there's Wi-Fi, I turn the hotspot on on my phone. Connectivity is everything mm-hmm. right now. I don't know what we would do. Derek, if if the internet just shut off yeah. and there was no connectivity whatsoever, well, what would people do? If you had to run a manual cash register today, yeah. could somebody give you change well, without having a computer uh, to tell you what the change would be? Speaking of that, you know, when the internet did go down that day a couple of years ago, banks shut down. They couldn't do business. Yeah. They, they just put up closed signs until they got it fixed. Yeah. And it, it, we're so digitally connected these days. I think about even my debit cards and my credit card. And now I just walk by and I just tap, yes. you know, I just tap them on the, on the credit card receiver and it charges that. And we've become this real trusting society where we just walk up and we hit that little tap and mm-hmm. I don't know that I actually always check what I've just tapped. Yeah. It requires a lot of trust and you see everybody just kind of go for it. Yeah, you don't even have to stick the card in a slot anymore. You just no. pass it over the thing. And, no, and now I have them entered into my phone. So oh, I yeah. just wave my phone over it. Yeah. And it, it's, <laughs> just, it's crazy. You think about it. I mean, uh, I, I remember where you know, the technology we had when I was a kid. I think of the first video game we ever had. It was Pong. Yes. You know, and, this, and you put uh, your TV on channel three and you turn the thing on. And you, yeah. Yeah. But I do remember one time calling into a radio station uh, when I was a kid trying to win an album or a T-shirt or something or other. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because a lot of my dad's friends heard me get oh. on the radio. So I got in a little bit of trouble when I got home. So what are you doing on the phone? Because you didn't just use the phone without permission. You That's know? true. You, so, you had to ask. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a phone in this one room. And I went in there and I thought, oh, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to win this. I heard it on the radio and I'm dialing the number and they got me on the phone and, and I got through and they started asking me all kinds of questions. So they, those people that knew my dad were like, hey, your son's on the radio. <laughs> well, now you're on the radio every week and it's okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a part of my proud, life now. A weekly radio show talking about all the incredible things that are happening in Rio Rancho. And look, I have a lot of people that come up to me every day and they just get of kudos and shout outs to the city of Rio Rancho. I was in a meeting this past week in Santa Fe and I had leaders from across the state walk up and just say, you know, every time we drive through Rio Rancho, we see all the change. Everything looks clean and we just appreciate the way Rio Rancho looks and feels when we drive through Rio Rancho. And I'm very proud of our community. And are we, and I say this, are we utopia? No, we're not utopia. There is no such place, right? There is no such place. But we've got a great community. It's a community to be proud of. Derek, the public safety numbers are high as far as safety goes. And uh, we've got some of the best men and women in the state working right here as our first responders in our public works department and our streets and right-of-way department, our parks and rec department, building services department. They're the best and they're doing an amazing job. And you'll never hear me criticize them because working in the public sector is it's just not an easy thing. Yes. You know, it's it's a thankless job. So we got a lot going on. And I know last week we did the state of the city. And, and the state of the city is good. The state of the city is good. The state of the city is better than it's ever been. So I can boldly say that because we've done so many things to cue the city up for success going forward. Not just living in today and living in the moment, but living for tomorrow and making sure that we're leaving a legacy and making sure that we're leaving something for our children and the future generations that are going to 
to inherit all the things that we're doing right now. And we've done some amazing stuff. But along with the state of the city that got released two weeks ago now, city council meeting, I wanted to touch on a few other things that happened in that council meeting. And of course, we've got a couple of events we'll talk about that are coming up this coming week. We've got Veterans Day that's coming up this week. We'll talk about that here in a minute. And then we've got uh, Winterfest Parade that's coming up on December 1st. That's coming up pretty quick. So we want to make sure everybody knows about that stuff. But there was another thing that happened, and I know you and I talked about it a little bit, is that the governing body unanimously approved to put three bond questions back on the ballot because we do have an election coming up. Now, don't confuse this election. The one on the 7th? The, the one on the 7th that's that we're going to talk about here in just a minute because we want you to go vote on Tuesday. Don't confuse that election with this one. This one's coming up on March 5th. Every two years, we hold a municipal election. And in this particular election, we have three city council seats that are up for re-election, districts one, four, and six. But what's also on the ballot with those three city councilors are three general bond obligation questions. So in this particular case, Derek, we have to start talking about it because you live in District 6, mm-hmm. so you've got a city council race. I've got a decision to make. Uh, on the, Yeah, so there's going to be a city council race. But let's say you live in District 3. Mm-hmm. Should you go out and vote? You don't get to vote for city council, but you, there's other things on the back. Correct. And that's important for us to discuss because a lot of people say, well, I don't have a city council race in my district, so therefore I don't need to go out and vote. That is a, the wrong answer. Okay. <laughs> that is the wrong answer. The answer is, is that we have three bond questions that affect the whole city. And so there will be a ballot that you need to look at and vote on. And that's going to be really important. And that's the road bond. Now, this is the same bond, Derek that was enacted in 2016. We put it on the ballot and the voters approved it. 63% approval, which is nothing to sneeze at. 63% of the voters in Rio Rancho approved the road bond. And then it's been on the ballot every two years thereafter. So I think this will be like the sixth iteration of this. So this is nothing new. But it does require voter approval to reapprove it every two years. We have to ask permission every two years. Do you want to continue this? And there's a lot of data around these bonds. But this is the same bond that started in 2016. And the first two roads that we did with this bond was Sarah and High Resort Boulevard. Now, we did those because High Resort had a major water line underneath it that needed to be replaced. Sarah had 30,000, 40,000 cars a day going up and down it. It was just in bad, bad, bad shape. And so we repaved both those roads in that first bond cycle. And then two years later, we asked for the voters to renew it in 2018. And of course, we embarked on doing certain roads as Country Club Drive, which took it from Southern Boulevard up to the roundabout and we did Metal Lark and we did some roads up in Enchanted Hills I think Santa Fe Hills Drive I think we did and we did a Brazo from Unser all the way down to Chessman and we did that road and there were a few others that we did as well. Idalia. Idalia, that's right. So this bond has been used for a lot of the major road projects. Now recently in 2022 when it was just reapproved again and mind you every time it's been reapproved it went from 63% to 78% to 76% to 76% it's maintained high 70s approval more than well more than half 
Way more than half. And that's unusual. It it is very unusual to maintain such a high bond cycle rating. But this last one was used to do roads such as Spring Road. So Spring Road was in this. And of course, we're about to embark on Northern Boulevard, which you might have seen a news article this past week that I did because the governing body also awarded a contract to do Northern Boulevard from 528 all the way up to Rockaway. So it's a fair stretch of road. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that in a minute as well. These are the dollars, these general obligation bond dollars that are going to these major projects because the entire city funds these. And if you've gotten your road or a road near you repaved, it's not time for you to say, well, I got my road done, so I don't need to vote for this anymore. (laughs) I'm done, yeah, right. (laughs) Right, right. No, now we still have the rest of the city to go, and we've got to make sure that as we keep moving through this, we keep this cycle going, because this is $10 million, roughly, give or take, every two years against a $1.5 billion problem, Derek. Right, and so, and and I know you'll get into this, but uh, since this bond already exists, voting for it doesn't raise the taxes. Correct, so if it gets reapproved, it does not raise your taxes because we're not asking for any additional money, but I will point out that when we started this bond, the yield on it was about $9 million, and now that same mill yield okay, is 10.6. So it's grown about 16% in the yield over the years. And the big questions are going to be, okay, well, you did all of these other roads with the road bond. What are the new roads that you're going to be doing? So the ones that have been identified by the governing body is essentially Lima Road, which is from Western Hills down to Chessman. This is a really important road Mm -hmm. because it goes right in front of Lincoln Middle School. Mm -hmm. So this has got major utility reconstruction under it as well. And that's one of the projects that's been identified. And then 19th, which is up in North Hills, and that's going to go from Cherry Avenue to 10th. And so that so one- not the 19th by Intel. No, that one's been redone. Yeah. See, that one looks great already. Yeah, it does. And that was a bond project yeah. as well. There was bond dollars that went into that one. So this is 19th Avenue, not 19th Street. And then Safe Light Boulevard, that's up uh, in, in Enchanted Hills by area. By Safe Light. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> by Safe Light. And that's going to go from 550 down to Enchanted Hills Boulevard. And the first two are reconstruction with the water utility. And then Safe Light is just reconstruction, so we don't have to do the water utility under there. Now, why do we choose the roads we choose? Our engineers give us a whole list of roads, and we kind of sort through them to see what roads we can do for $10.6 million. And it's not a lot of roads that we can do. So we try to target the ones that are of highest need. We also target the ones that are on the cusp of needing a lot of work, but before they get real expensive, we can get them done now. And I'm going to touch on Northern Boulevard because there's been some comments about Northern Boulevard that it's not that bad. Well, if you drive or walk along Northern Boulevard from 528 to Rockaway, you'll see all these indentations where the asphalt is done this process that we call alligator cracking. Mm -hmm. Now, We can fix it now, or we can wait three or four years, just like we've done before. Let's kick the can down the road, Derek. Let's put this off, because this isn't the highest and best place to go just now. Let's put it off. Well, when you put these off and they continue to degrade and decay, then seven and a half million turns into 14 million really quickly. And that's what's put us into this situation in the first place, is that literally on the roads, the can was kicked down the road for so long that it's left 
this in this place. And I inherited in 2014 when I took office, and I'll remind you, I took office in 2014. These roads were all here before me. So <laughs> I guess there was a comment out there that uh, if I had done the roads right in the first place, well, I wasn't the one that put them down. River's Edge 1, 2, 3, those roads were in there long well, before I was Those were built in the early 90s. Yes, yeah. those were long before me. So that wasn't my decision. And, and built by the contractors, right? Not by Correct. the city. By the uh, developers, yeah. exactly. The city didn't put those in. So the only new roads that I know that are in the city right now, it's the new developments like Cleveland Heights. Those got built. Some of the new developments along Broadmoor and some of the new roads up in Mariposa, those have all been built. But the two major roads that are brand, brand new that I oversaw that they were constructed while I've been mayor is Broadmoor mm -hmm. and then Lincoln. Those are two pretty major roads that have been added to the total overall infrastructure well, of the Broadmoor city. Well, Broadmoor was there. It was just kind of a two-track dirt road. Yes, it was. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> You're not really, really supposed to use. Yeah. Kind of a goat path, if yeah. you, you know. Yeah, yeah, more of a goat path or a coyote trail. It wasn't really meant to drive on. But, no, it was not. <laughs> People but now, did it. But, but now look at it. Yes. You know, so and now they're building houses around it. Exactly. Yeah. So when you look at it, you have to look at when this stuff was put in. And look, when you look at like Enchanted Hills, I remember moving to Enchanted Hills in the late 90s. I think it was 98, 97, 98, 99, somewhere in that time frame and all those roads were already in there when we bought our house up there so that was long before i was ever mayor because i think 99 predated me by at least 15 years yeah. 15 20 years yeah well 15 16 years so just kind of keeping all of that in mind as we move forward there's a lot to deal with here and yes all the residential roads that were were primarily put in by developers and when you look at like cabazon those were put in by the developer once again enchanted hills river's edge mariposa loma colorado north hills uh, northern meadows all of these various different developments were put in the roads were put in by the right. developer not now, by the city something the city could do is set requirements for the developer and, when they put in the roads and those have evolved over the years yeah so the standards we're using today are far different than some of the standards that were put in early on for example when you build roads we require you to put in curb gutter and sidewalks oh. that was wasn't always a requirement, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, obviously. Was, yeah, that wasn't a requirement. Yeah. I don't think your house has a sidewalk in front nope. of it. So, nope. yeah. It does it, have a curb. It's got curb and gutter, but yeah. it doesn't have a sidewalk. No. And when you look at some of the older areas around Rio Rancho, they don't have sidewalks. And that was the feel they were kind of going for at a the time. country feel, yeah. And, and it, but now when people walk down the street and they walk their dogs in the evening, they're walking in the street. Right. Exactly. But that's not necessarily the way I would have designed it, but that's the way it was done and I remember even my house up in Enchanted Hills didn't have sidewalks in front of it yeah. so and that was built in the 90s and yeah, well so, mine was built in the 90s too. yeah that's yeah. true so, that's true yeah. so how about the houses along Broadmoor the developers putting in I know you put in curb, Broadmoor but yep. are those developers putting those curb in? gutter and sidewalks yeah. yep and, and that's street, not and, the city and street lights Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so we don't have streetlights in River's Edge except at the intersections. Correct. And I don't really mind that. It's kind of nice to see the stars. Yeah, and that's the thing is that when they built Rear Rancho, they were going for more of that night sky protection stuff mm -hmm. and reducing light pollution. And, you know, some people love it. Some people don't. But that's the way it was designed back in the day. So that's where the road projects are. We need everybody to continue to support the road bonds. But uh, the three targeted roads in this particular bond cycle will be linked. Road, 19th, and Safe Light. And remember, with inflation, we're getting far less for our money than we were four years ago, through, yeah. you know, because 
prices, uh, some of these prices have absolutely skyrocketed. It's been incredible. If we hadn't taken the fiscal steps that we did a few years back to fortify the reserves in the city and put money aside and wait and see what was going to happen, we may have had to have canceled a few projects. For example, Northern Boulevard, when we first looked at that one three years ago, we started identifying that one as a priority. We had one price and it's almost doubled. So so had we not set money aside and been fiscally responsible and prudent with our dollars, we would have had to put that project on the back burner because we didn't have the money for it. But we saved some money, we tucked it away, we waited, and lo and behold, we needed to use some of those reserves and we were able to go ahead and move those projects forward. We haven't had to cancel a project yet. Same thing with Enchanted Hills Boulevard. There are a lot of people that are asking, well, why are we doing that one? Because if we do it now, it's going to cost a lot less to do it now than if we kick the can down the road. And I got to be honest with you, I get a little surprised when people say we need to kick the can down the road because our engineers are telling us if we do it now, we can get this done. And don't get me wrong. It doesn't matter where we spend $10 million for me. If we're repaving a road, we're repaving a road. Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm good with it. But we do need to realize that like on Northern Boulevard, that's got a traffic count of somewhere between 40, 50,000 cars a day. So you got to pay attention to your arterials. Oh, and, yeah. and when you get into a residential neighborhood, look, my street probably sees 30 cars a day. Very different traffic counts. And when you're out on a main arterial, you're running at 45 miles per hour on Northern Boulevard. When you're in the residential neighborhoods, you're supposed to be running 25 or less, Mm -hmm. right? You remember when we redid Southern Boulevard from Unser out to Rainbow? Yes. There were huge chunks of asphalt coming up out of that road. Yeah, you'd get window ticks from people in front of you. And that was from the alligator cracking that was kind of going on in some of these circumstances. And, you know, when it starts to crack, then you have to go out and slurry it with tar and backfill and pothole patch. And you want to be careful with this stuff because when you're in these streets with higher speed limits, those rocks travel a lot further when they get up in the air. Oh, yeah. You know, and they, they're moving at a much faster pace. And so we want to try to be proactive. We want to address some of the problems. We're still chasing down the existing problems, but at the same point in time, we're trying to get a thumb on some of the ones that are coming forward that we can try to be preventative about. Another one that uh, I don't know if it's on the list. Well, I'm, I know they're all on the list eventually, but it, it's like that. There's is not Idalia. a road in Rear Rancher that's not on a list. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Idalia when you go over by the landfill. Yes. It's like the alligators uh, cracking like that. So that is under a major corridor study. And a few years ago, the governing body approved funding for that corridor study. That's under engineering right now. And that is a major section from the roundabout all the way down to Northern Boulevard. Wow. And what you're probably going to see happen before that is the reconstruction of the Loma, Colorado, Idalia intersection right there. Because you remember when they built Shining Star down there, Mm -hmm. it really increased the traffic flows into the area. So we had to put up a a temporary signal there. So the signals are on those wood poles. Yeah, it's hanging on a wire. (laughs) Right. So those are temporary because what's got to happen there is we've got a complete reconstruction, redesign of that particular intersection. Now, what makes that one complicated 
it is Idelia was an old utility road that ran next to a gas line that's under the ground there. It's a massive gas main. Mm-hmm. So, we've so got that's to be why very, it runs at an angle. Like it, that. That's exactly why it runs at an angle. And so that one we have to be very careful because all along the entire kind of north side of Idelia, if you will, as it travels from 528 all the way down to northern is where it goes. You've got that gas line. So is that that big thing at the roundabout? Just after you go through the roundabout going yep. west, there's a fenced off area yep. with a bunch of pipes. Is yep. that the gas that's, pump that's part of station it. there? Absolutely. Yeah. So you've got to be careful. You can't just dig into that ground right there. There's a huge utility <laughs> easement right there. Yes, I imagine there is. So yeah, yeah that that's uh, something to watch out See, for. The stuff you learn when, you, yeah. when you're the mayor. Well, I always wondered what that was inside the fence. Yeah. I, 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 you know, you see that there, gas. but you don't know what. Yeah, yeah that's all gas infrastructure. And I, I Don't ask me how it works. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the other thing that's on the election is when you look at roads, of course, we put on there $10.6 million for roads. The other bond is the public safety bond, $4.2 million there. That's going to go to uh, public safety. And how are we going to spend that money? Well, we're going to, in the police department, replace approximately 17 vehicles. Once again, we have to kind of say approximately because depending on price fluctuations and just your overall cost, we hope we're going to get 17, but as these things continue to go up in price, I'm not kidding you, Derek, a truck that I used to buy, you know, I remember buying back in the eighties and nineties that I could pay $20,000 for. And I thought that was a lot. Some of these trucks now are in the eighty, ninety thousand $90,000 and they're financing them for 72 months. It's uh, what we used to pay for a house is now a truck. But, yeah. Uh, just, I mean, you get the idea, just go buy eggs, right? How much eggs are over the last three years? Yeah, just, Look at the price of yeah. stuff. I mean, I don't know how people are doing it. It's hard for Carrie and I to get by on, on our income. Then there's a police crisis negotiation team vehicle replacements. And so we need to get those vehicles replaced. Fire and rescue need a uh, ladder truck replaced. And it replaces a unit from 2017. So this is an older unit. And then a fire and rescue engine replacement. And uh, replaces a couple of rescues and engines that need to be replaced. So making sure, once again, our public safety has the resources and the equipment to respond to our emergencies. And that's So I a, drive a 13-year-old KDSK van around. Yeah. You, you don't want to have a 13-year-old fire truck yeah, or yeah, ambulance? No, not if you want it to get to where it's <laughs> yeah, supposed okay. to go. You remember when we started this replacement, I used to spout off a very interesting fact that our oldest firefighter was still younger than our youngest fire truck. So, I mean... Yeah, that was... Uh, that was not a good statistic. No, it was not a good statistic. And, and we've really flipped the script on that. And I know there's different people that gauge success in different ways. But honestly, when you're gauging how you're accomplishing some of these things on the ground level, let's call it that, on the surface level where services are being provided, when you're doing that and you're checking the box on these things, that's success for me. Success is not building a Taj Mahal that does a million things. It's these one-off things that as we move along, we're checking the box, we're getting them done, we're replacing the equipment, and we're making sure that the core fundamental functionality of what needs to happen in a city is happening in a city. And uh, it starts with public safety and it starts with infrastructure. And then it moves on to quality of life, which brings me to the last bond question that's gonna be there. And once again, none of these are gonna raise your taxes. These are all existing mill levies. With the quality of life facilities, what we need to do there is one of the things that as the streets 
decayed over the years and the fire trucks and the police cars wore out what do you think was happening to some of the community centers around the city well same thing everything they were ages. wearing out so now star heights park needs basketball courts replaced and that'll be in this bond cycle Vista Sandia Park, the playground and surfacing replacement, and the addition of a shade structure, library materials such as books, movies, periodicals, software, and digital services, and then library equipment, shelving, computer tables, and uh, public workstations need to be replaced. So those are what's going to be on there. That's what the governing body approved. Now, they only approved it to the extent that that puts it on the ballot. Yes. It's up to the voters to approve it now. So this is not something that the governing body just forced on people. This was, yes, we think the voters should weigh in on this. Well, we don't just think it is that the law requires it. But there was a time in Rio Rancho, Derek, you'll remember when the governing body said, no, we're not even going to let the voters decide. We're just saying no. And they didn't even put these questions on the ballot. They just said no. And so democracy at work, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that the voters should always weigh in on this. Yes or no. And if the answer is no, you don't even get a choice. We're just deciding for you. The governing body couldn't decide. No, we're going to decide for you. We're just going to raise taxes. What this was, was no, whether it's a tax increase or not, doesn't really matter. We're not going to ask you. Okay, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So it did make it on a ballot in 2016. That's when we started with the road bond. And then 2018, we did the public safety bond. And then uh, last year in 2022, we started the first cycle of the quality of life bond. And once again, these are all already in active bond cycles. So to renew them does not raise your taxes. Would your taxes go down if these fail? Yes, they will. If the road bond fails, I don't have the exact number, but I remember when we put it into effect, it was $6 a year on a $100,000 house. So take that and multiply it up. If you have a half million dollar house, do the, you know you can sit there and do the math. It's six times five, that's 30 bucks a yeah. year, right? So depending on what the value of your house is, I can tell you right now, once again, you remember we talked about this when we tried to get people to vote for the original road bond. It was going to raise your taxes. If you had a $300,000 house, it's going to raise your taxes $18 a year. You can't get an alignment for that price. Yes. Right? So people must have agreed with you because they voted for it. Agreed. And so we've got to keep these things. It's an investment not only in the value of the community, but in the value of your home. Because if the community looks good, your home's going to look good. And that's another thing. Property values in Rio Rancho have never been higher. It's because it's such a desirable city that the median price of a home has exceeded that of Albuquerque for the first time in the city's history. Wow. And this used to be where people came because they couldn't afford a house in Albuquerque. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. So when we talk about the state of the city and people say, why do you say that it's the greatest city in the state of New Mexico? Because I have data to prove it. Mm -hmm. It's not just a feeling and it's not just anecdotal. I think when you say that there's all these things wrong with the city, I don't know a single city in the country that doesn't need road work. I don't know a single city in the country that doesn't need a pipe replaced somewhere. I don't know a single city in the country that hasn't had a pipe burst in the last 12 months. Let's just, I'll give it a one year cycle, right? I don't know of a single city in the country that doesn't have problems, whether it's a park needing some sort of mowing or cleaning up. I don't know a single city in the country that doesn't need some sort of trash cleanup you know, out in an open space area. All of these things happen and all of these things can be addressed. 
I don't know a single city in the country that doesn't deal with crime. I don't know a single city in the country that doesn't have a house fire or a call out for paramedic services. All of these things happen in every city that you go to across the country but the difference is how you respond to them yeah, and how yeah how they deal with it i was just going to say correct like i said uh, before on this show what we call rio rancho is a big piece of land what makes it different than the piece of land next to us is the way it's governed correct and so i'm very proud of the way rio rancho is running right now we've moved the needle on how the city has been run and we couldn't have done it without the support of the citizens and so i always have to say thank you to the citizens because without it and i said thank you to all the city employees before we start as we started the show because we couldn't do it without the city employees and as i said in a presentation i gave this past week derek i'm not the one out there with a shovel in my hand or or a broom in my hand. Not that I'm opposed to it. If you were to give me a shovel or a broom, I'd go out and do it. I've gone out and pulled weeds for people. I've gone out and cleaned gutters and alleyways, cleaned up illegal dump sites. I'm always willing to volunteer. I'm always willing to put the sweat equity in to show that I'm just as much a community member as anybody else. But at the same point in time, we've got a huge amount of people that volunteer their time, that serve the public on a very base level, whether that's helping them clean their yard, helping them find a service in town, I love helping my neighbor change their swamp cooler out. Sure. It takes a community to really grow and thrive the way we have over the years. And I've been the mayor now for 10 years. And this state of the city is my 10th state of the city. And if you ask me, well, what have you accomplished? The list is long. Yeah. We've gotten a lot done. We've covered most of it right here on this show in real time and very proud of it and very proud of the people of this community, very proud of our employees, very proud of our public safety workers. And we're just grateful to each and every one of them. So. I don't sit here and just take credit because, oh, look at me. No, it's not that. Yeah. It's we've all worked together as a team. I was just going to say that the governing body, the city council, are kind of like-minded to what most of us want to see in this city. Correct. And that's what makes it different is, like you said, they voted to let us vote. Correct. Previous governing bodies apparently did not. Correct. And now the city moves forward. Exactly. And yeah, we've got a strong governing body right now. They're doing a great job. I got to give kudos to them too, because they come in and they fight for their districts each and every day and they do an amazing job at it. Once again, is there going to be any perfect neighborhood, any perfect street? No, there's not. But we've got a governing body that sits down with our professional engineers, our professional staff, and they sit down with me and they ask advocate for their districts each and every day. They're out there fighting. I see them volunteering. I see them showing up to various different sites. When a citizen calls, they show up, they roll in, they try to figure it out. And like I said, if I see something, I had a friend of mine that saw me standing on the side of the road up off of Willow Creek. And I was standing there talking on the phone and he pulls up and he says, Mayor, what are you doing here? And he says, well, I got a complaint about some weeds over here, and it's just a few of them, so I thought I'd jump out and just pull the weeds real quick. It's not not worth sending a whole city team out for, right? right. And he's like, So he took to Facebook with that. I was like, oh, I really didn't need you to do that, but I appreciate it. But the fact of the matter is, is it was a small thing. So yeah. let's just, I drove by, it was there. Uh, it was like a trash site somebody called me about. I drove by a trash site the other day. It wasn't very big, so I just jumped out. I was in my truck. I just threw it all in the back of the truck, and hauled it on off. It wasn't yeah. a big deal. And uh, we just need more of that. As a community, we always need to just pitch in and do the little extra. We can always point out the things that are wrong, Derek. That's easy. 
but pointing out the solutions or being a part of the solution that takes a little more effort oh yeah yeah so anyway but hey i know we're running out of time i do want to hit this real quick we've got veterans day coming up saturday november the 11th so we've got the parade on saturday the 11th which is veterans day we want to celebrate our veterans this is the day that we come out and celebrate and uh, we've got the parade at 10 a.m and then we've got the ceremony at Veterans Monument Park, which is right there by Esterbone Library, right on Pine Tree, newly paved road. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to go in there and celebrate our veterans with a ceremony. The parade's at 10 a.m. The ceremony's at 11 a.m., uh, where we'll read all the proclamations and honor our veterans for the selfless sacrifice that they made protecting our freedoms and uh, then we can go off and enjoy the day that's you know maybe get one last barbecue in before the (laughs) end of the year right but a lot to celebrate there we've got a lot of great veterans in our community and i just want to say thank you to all of them for serving our country we do appreciate that and then coming up on december 1st we've got the winterfest parade and uh, tree lighting out at city center and we'll get you more details on that but put it on the calendar it's an evening event so i think the parade kicks off around five or six o'clock one of those two and then after that we've got a lot of music bands the food trucks will be out there the tree lighting will be out there santa claus and mrs claus Mm. will be out there getting photographs and giving autographs and handing out candy canes gotta get my list together that's right gotta get that list imagine you need a new transformer or transmitter or <laughs> yeah. something you can always use a new antenna like you were exactly, telling me about your yes. new antenna that yeah. you just put up uh-huh. so uh so uh, there are people hearing us today that may not have heard us last week that's right that's right that's <laughs> awesome that's awesome and so before you go mayor one last thing we have to wish you a happy anniversary oh thank you thank you i'd be remiss to not uh, mention that's uh, 29 years with wow. uh, me and the first lady and we're, so we celebrated 29 years together and our anniversary official anniversary was yesterday and so uh, yes a shout out to my wife now she hears me all the time, so she doesn't turn on this radio show and listen to it. <laughs> you can pull it off the podcast. I will have to pull it off and say, hey, I wished you a happy anniversary yeah. on my radio show. But yes, so thank you for that, Derek. I do appreciate it. And the First Lady is incredible about supporting me while I go around because uh, she shares me with the public. She, she does. does. Yes. And I spend yeah. far more time with the public than I do at home with her. And she's so patient when somebody walks up to me in a store and says, can you tell me about this? Or can you tell me about that? Or when we're in an event and she's off talking with somebody else and because she knows that I'm going to get pinned down and, and asked a question about the city or what's going on here what's going on there. Can you even go to a restaurant, a nice sit-down restaurant, and you and Carrie and have a nice dinner without somebody coming up and saying, Mayor Hall, I, you know. Not really, yeah. not really, but that's okay. That's what we yeah. signed up for. Oh, yeah. That's okay. No, I know, we but uh, I just wondered if you had that because that happens. It does, it does. And, uh, well, I told you one time, we were in Hawaii, and we were on an excursion of, I can't remember exactly what it was, but this one lady that was there, we started talking and we started introducing ourselves. And she says, yeah, I, I know who you are. I'm a resident of Corrales. No. And I was like, oh, what a small world. Yeah. 
<laughs> She's like, we know who you are, Mayor Hull. And I was like, oh, even in Hawaii, I can't, you know, if, yeah. if somebody's going to recognize me. But it's fun. And I'm honored because people are always so kind to my wife and I. And as I say, she gives so much of herself and sacrifices time with me so that we can do this job. And so she very much is a partner in this whole endeavor of being the mayor of Rio Rancho. And she's an amazing first lady. So huge kudos to her. And uh, I just love her to death. Love her to death for sure. But thank you for that, Derek. Sure, Mayor. We will look forward to talking with you next week. Absolutely. So go out there, make it an amazing day and God bless.